The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. Nate and Pootie in Garage Mahal, home away from home. How you doing today, Nate? I'm good. I'm back from holidays. Um, well-deserved uh, time off, I think, um, mostly for my wife. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we had a great time. So we went away. We did the first half whole family thing. And then at the end, uh, Colleen and I got away for three days, which is the longest we've got away from the kids since they were born. So we've only been away like overnight on our own. So three glorious days, just Colleen and I. Um, yeah, it was great. That, that is great. We got to watch your puppy, so it was a great week for us, too. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, we just divvied everybody up and <laughs> shipped them all out. And <laughs> that's good. That, that's why that's the answer to the question why haven't we been around for the last two weeks? Yeah, because I was supposed to record on my own and I didn't. So <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Um, well, you're, you're kind of juggling some things at the church for me, too. So th- thank you for covering for yeah, me. Yeah, there you go. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are the Rebels, we yeah. are, and we are part of the Fight Laugh Feast Canada network. Uh, and uh, so you might be listening to us on the Fight Laugh Feast Canada app or the Fight Laugh Feast app. Um, if not, then you should. You should, you should download it. Um, there, there you can get the uh, um, Leadership Now podcast with Dr. Aaron Rock. Um, you can get our podcast on the Canadian side. Lots of great stuff, obviously, on the American side. Uh, there's a conference coming up, The Politics of Sex with the Fight Laugh Feast uh, fo- Network uh, down in uh, Tennessee. And uh, that's uh, early on in September. You can register on the site. If you aren't a, a club member, we would encourage you to do that. Uh, if you want to give back just to our podcast, you can find us at patreon.com backslash reformed rebel. Um, but find us on Facebook. If you haven't got on Facebook and just liked uh, the Facebook page yet, if you haven't added Chris and I, just do that. We're, uh, we're pretty active there as well. And, uh, and hopefully now that uh, we're off holidays, we'll get slide back into some regular content. Yeah, you, you also get to see if you follow us on Facebook, all of our witty retorts to people. Yeah, that's um, the, which is pretty good. Hopefully, they're. Witty. I just like to say witty retorts. It depends on what time what time of the day we're responding to people and and, and who it is that we're responding to. But you can generally tell my mood by the way I'm responding to people on yeah. Facebook. Oh, it's uh, close to dinner time. Chris is getting angry. Chris is hungry, so he's being a little sharp. Get that um, man a Snickers bar. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So what, lots, of, lots of times we used to do this a lot in the past where we just do like um, a whole episode of what we call Rebel News, basically just like throwing out headlines and just getting, your, getting our reactions to them. And we thought, what a way to ease back in, but to do an episode like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you... Uh, yeah, so oh. go for it in just a second. But I'll just basically say, so first of all, we do this partially because we generally start off our episode with sort of what's going on, you know, in the news and the culture uh, and talk through it. So if we have been off for a couple of weeks, we want to pl- kind of play catch up. So we're going to jump through a few things that have been going on. But remember that the purpose of this podcast 
podcast is to equip you to think and engage uh, with the culture biblically. And so we want one of the things that we try to do is help you think Christianly about what's going on in the culture. So going through the headlines and kind of uh, analyzing things from like a Christian perspective is is very helpful. And uh, you know, it was uh, Charles Spurgeon who once famously said that he he preaches with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. And uh, and what he meant by that is that he he always wanted to take the Bible and apply the text to what was going on in the culture around him because if our theology doesn't affect um, you know how we think through what's going on in our daily lives, then it's all for naught. So so that's what, why we do these episodes, and hopefully we'll we'll help you think through some things that are going on in your life or some news headlines that you've seen. Yeah, it's great that you said that because that um, that's complete opposite that we see in the church. Um, today we see people who get their theology based on what's happening in the world and then they right. use Bible verses to support what they've already, the conclusion they've already exactly. come to. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's obviously not what Spurgeon was saying. What Spurgeon was saying is he preaches the text and then the application is to apply that text to, you know, the newspaper articles, essentially what's going on in their lives. But you're exactly right. It's like generally what what the culture or the 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 sort of wishy-washy evangelicalism is they're looking at the the news they're looking at what's going on in the culture and then they're kind of cherry picking verses to justify the positions that the culture has brought them to rather than letting the text um dictate how they think through what's going on in the culture absolutely all right so hit me with the first one all right uh, everybody's aware the olympics i don't know who cares about the olympics but people do um are coming up um, and so like, what happens before the Olympics? I don't know if you know this, Nate, but they have like the pre... Is it the Winter Olympics? Is this stupid of me? <laughs> yeah, it's the Summer Olympics. Summer Olympics. See, <laughs> I, I, I don't follow these things. <laughs> neither, neither do the I. The World but... Cup was on, Pootie. What else would I be doing? That was the Euros. Oh, was the Euros. See, I thought I was going to... I, I, I thought you were going to be like, oh, wow, look at Nate. Yeah, no. Those are next year. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> uh, that's why I knew you were wrong about it. Anyway, the, the, before the Olympics, they have like pre-events. They have the, these... Uh, yeah, yeah. Qualifiers um, and yeah, such. Yeah. Olympic trials, they call them, to kind of get a seeding of who's going to do well. And like, there's a lot of these events, but a trend that is... Spoiler, America will probably do fairly well. America does very well. (laughs) Um, Spoiler, the Caribbean will probably win the the races. Like, let's be be super honest about all these things. Um, Actually, I think an American is the fastest guy in the world right now, but... uh, Oh, really? Andre DeGrat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not Usain Bolt anymore. Is he just getting old? I I think he's like 35 now or 34 now. That's not old. It That's is. Younger than it us. is for. It is for track, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, anyway, long story short, a trend developed, and in with the American uh, athletes, particularly that I want to get your thoughts on. Oh um, so bear in mind they're representing their country, um, and well, when these athletes have have won, um, they have basically turned away from the flag during the national anthem. Oh. And Gwen Berry, one of the uh, one of the athletes who finished third, got bronze at one of the Olympic trials actually put her head down and put a shirt over her head that said uh, activist athlete. And it was just like she wouldn't she wouldn't protest. She wouldn't uh, um, celebrate her victory while the national anthem was play, playing, predominantly because there's a growing sentiment in, in America that the national anthem of America is a racist song. And so people worship, basically not worshiping it, but like um, standing in attention, honoring the the national anthem is celebrating right. racism. Patriotism is racist now. Thoughts. Right. I think it's, I, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, we, we, I, we've talked through this stuff, like back when, um, when Kaepernick was doing his take a knee thing, we talked about this stuff as well. I think, 
Um, there's such an entitlement in the current generation um, that totally dishonors. We see it both inside and outside the church, obviously, because as the church goes, so goes the culture, um, where there's a total dishonoring and disregard for the sacrifices of previous generations, right? Yeah. So so in the church, what happens is you have um, people who forget Right. They, you know, they forget that um, because they're Christian forebears, because the, you know, their their grandfathers in the faith didn't believe as they do that the uh, that the message of Christ shouldn't be preached in the public square. Right. They they're dishonoring that legacy and they're, you know, they're fighting for social justice and all these kinds of things, forgetting, you know, what what uh, their Christian forebears, I guess, carved out. Right. That this country was founded, Canada, America as well, founded on these Christian principles. Um, and so as it goes in the church, so go, it goes in the culture. And so you have all these entitled individuals who are forgetting, like, here's the thing. You don't get to the Olympics without having a, an insane amount of access to, like, top-of-the-line trainers, top-of-the-line yes. facilities, nutritionists, all this kind of stuff. And so your life has been building and training you for this point on the world stage. And all of the privilege and the the benefits of living in that country have got you to where you are. And then you're going to turn your back on it and say that all of that was racist when you benefited from it. And I don't know, I don't know the athlete that you're describing. I don't know if she's white, black, you know. She's uh, an African-American. There you go. And But the point is, is that, okay, so that's even, that that's even, so I want to talk about that a little bit too, right? Because, because here's the point is, is, you know, there's there's plenty of people. You know, LeBron James is is a big activist guy, right? And the Babylon Bee had a great roast of LeBron James not that far ago, where it says, you know, he pulled over his Aston Martin to uh, to lecture a white homeless guy on the dangers of white uh, white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, see, that's funny, right? Because LeBron James has lived, you know, in the lap of luxury, and he's enjoyed a whole lot of the benefit. Now, don't get me wrong. Since, the, since the, high school, by the way. The, yeah. The, like, the, the guy, the guy, I, and I don't know his story. He might've grown up in, you know, you know, in, uh, in a, a hard area, but the point is, this is the whole point of what a free country does. It doesn't matter what family you were brought up in or what part of the neighborhood you were brought up in. You have the opportunity if you excel, if you work hard. And so LeBron James, I don't know which side of the street he was, you know, I don't know where where he grew up, but the point was he excelled at something and because of the country he, he was living in, uh, that skill was recognized, fostered, you know, people brought, breathed life into it and he is who he is. Same with every single one of these athletes who's going to the Olympics. And so for them to turn their back on it and call that all, all you know, racist is absolutely the height of arrogance, privilege, and just spoiled. Absolutely, that's kind of, that's exactly my my thoughts on it too. I'm just like, uh, we we've long talked about the fact that like fighting for free speech means we have to be willing to put up with speech that we don't actually agree with, right? To allow people to have opinions, so that you know we're not the ones making the censors it's everybody and then we can like argue the argue the point so i i have no problems with her having that opinion my problem is that like you're representing a country being at the olympics if you felt if you actually felt strongly about it don't represent team america or the like yeah. at the at the olympics yeah. sacrifice and this is my say own. no to all the endorsements when frosted flakes calls you to put you on their box say nah that'd be racist <laughs> 
Exactly. Right. They, they're not exactly. It's 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 all selfish, right? It's all none of the, they're not actually going to give up anything. They're not actually going to sacrifice anything. They just want the like the Twitter acknowledgments of like, oh wow, look at her standing up for whatever. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'll and I'll throw a little bit under the bus. If you're going to do it, win. Don't th- don't finish. Don't get third. third. <laughs> don't get, don't finish third. Yeah, <laughs> but well, and it's interesting, right? Because I would also say that um, the. The idea with Biden in in office, this is never going to happen. But if Trump was in office, it might. And this is what this is what I would hope if I was president for the day. All right. This is what this is what I would do. This is a great if you dishonor the flag in, in that I would just remove you from our Olympic team. You're off. Like go like you said, go go represent a different country. Go to a country that you'll appreciate. And 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 again, that's not like a that's not like a, oh she doesn't have the right to say that. I'm just saying, hey, your everything is branding, right? Everything is marketing. Do you think that if like you know the uh, the guys, I, I, the reason NASCAR comes to my mind or or Formula 500 or whatever is because they're all like Formula what what is it? F1. F1. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Formula 500. Oh, it's the Daytona 500, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but they because they're all a brand, right? So like, there's the Mercedes team, there's the Lexus team, there's the right. So let's just say that one of the guys who who does the Mercedes, like, if he was dishonoring the Mercedes symbol, what would happen? He'd get fired from the team, exactly. right? Like, and so America's a brand, and I think like you know Canada's a brand, and I I think like if you want to dishonor that country, then I w- if if I was in charge, I would just say then 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 be gone, right? Then 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 get off the team. <laughs> that that would be my point. I. Yeah, you're actually you're actually bang on, and I think like um, I think that actually has more power than what she what she's actually doing. If you just were like like if if America was just to boot her off the team, that would send a bigger state a bigger statement to everybody else. Um, I think of the NFL with all the people kneeling down for the national anthem. If the NFL just said if you kneel down, you can't play, like people would stop doing it because their yeah. paychecks are, t- are, tied to, are tied to it. And I think of a good example of this is a, like, I'm going to th- throw in a soccer analogy a thing at you oh now. Um, I don't know if you saw, did you see the Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo thing? No. So he sat down at a press conference and the Euros just happened. And Ronaldo is actually the most followed person on social media in the world. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. Um, and there was bottles of Coke in front of him and he doesn't like Coke. So he picked up the bottles of Coke and was like, don't drink Coke and grab water. And was like, drink water. It's healthy, basically. And... That happened on a Saturday at the at the and by Monday, Coke's stock had gone down four billion dollars. Now wow. it's only like a dollar per stock, and like, you know, it, it's, Coke's not hurting; they're worth two hundred fifty million billion dollars. But he, Ronaldo, just doing that cost the company four four million dollars because he believed in his stance. He wasn't willing to let the things stand stand in front of him. He was just like, I'm not even going to have that on screen with me because it's not healthy. It doesn't promote. Right. And it's like, he's willing to count the cost that they, the euros in Portugal, they didn't let him back into the, Oh, they didn't. They like, no, cause he can't, right. he's like, and even though he's the biggest guy, like they, there was like repercussions for him, but there was repercussions for the company. And I just say that. So like, if she really believed this, the way to win this is to, to risk the cost to be right. like, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to compete. You well, know and, I mean? like, and that's exactly. So, So what we've said the whole time is like Colin Kaepernick had every right to kneel for the flag and then every other team had every right not to sign him, right? And um, privately owned teams have every right to say, if you kneel, you don't play, right? Like this is the point, like freedom comes at a cost, right? But you have the right to do what you want to do, but you're not free from the repercussions of it. And so 
So yeah, exactly. absolutely. Can she put up a stupid shirt and dishonor the flag? Yep. And then could she get booted off the team? Yes. You know, it, I would, I would actually, I like you said, I think if she was to say like, I'm the best, what is she, uh, like a track runner or something? I don't, I don't yeah, even okay, know. Let's just say she's a track runner. Let's say she's the fastest female, you know, track runner in, in the US. And then she's like, I'm the best chance that America has at winning a gold in, in these three things. And I'm not competing because I think America is racist. Okay, well, now I actually believe what you're saying because it's costing you something. But if you're just going to stand up and you're going to win your medal and you're going to take all your endorsements and you're going to put a thing over your face, that's a virtue signal. And so you need to shut up. Yeah, exactly. That, this is the, you brought up LeBron James. This is the LeBron James exactly. point where he's like, you got to, yeah. like, the, there's poverty in the States. Well, he's signed by Nike. He makes $40 million off of Nike who runs sweatshops in, right. I don't know if we're going to get banned for saying this, but runs sweatshops in China where he makes more money a minute than the entire shop gets paid. And it's like, well, if you really believe it, don't take the money from Nike. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's just frustrating. It, I yeah. can get very fired. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's not unlike, like, just to kind of go full circle here, it's not unlike a bunch of churches who, you know, who will be sitting there and going like, oh, like, you know, we should stand up to the government and we, you know, Christ runs the church and blah, blah, blah. But then they took money money relief during COVID. They, they got help, government funds to help pay interns during the summer. Or, you know, you don't think you're a state-run church if you're taking funds to, uh, you know, uh, staff your church over the summer or to keep the doors open during COVID. So, like, hypocrisy is, is rampant, and it's obviously going to be rampant in the culture if it's rampant in the church, right? And so you have, I, I know, I won't, you know, I, just because some of these guys are still friends that I'm, I'm hopeful for, but, like, you know, I know because I was contacted, there are several pastors who are contacted by local health units who are asked to, who are, who are dangled, come and get your vaccine early and post it on social media, like share it with your, your church because the demographic that the Canadian government was having the most amount of difficulty getting vaccinated were conservative Christians. And, and so they were like, if you get it, then it'll show trust to your community, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Obviously, I didn't get it, and I know several pastors who didn't, but I know several pastors who did, and I saw their posts go up on social media. And so, like, they got an early jab, right, when it was all the 60s and 70s-year-olds getting jabbed. You know, that 40-year-old pastor got to go and get jabbed, probably because he was fearful of it, and post on social media. And and the whole point there is, like, you, there's there's hypocrisy in the church, and then that person's going to go and tell somebody, you know, don't be a hypocrite, you know, love others, you know, all, whatever whatever the case is. You can't do that when you've been compromised, when you've been bought. And so Le LeBron James, nothing activist you ever say is ever going to mean anything because you've been bought by Nike. Exactly. Right? Like, and so it's it's just, there's gotta, you got to have skin in the game. You got to, you got to, it has to cost you something if you actually want to be an activist with, that matters. I remember again, Babylon B, they did a great job during, um, I, I think they've done a great job over this last year. We've taken shots at them for easy targets early on, but uh, I think during quarantine they upped their game a lot. And they it was it said powerful, right? So it was during the first quarantine. It's like powerful. Um, various Hollywood celebrities line up their yachts to spell out from an aerial view. We're in this together, <laughs> like, right? And and this is it. Like this is why. What was the name of the guy who hosted the Oscars and just roasted everybody in Hollywood? Uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh man, that was that was amazing. We we covered that on Rebel News too because it's just like. 
you know, n- nobody believes anything you say. And I think he said, nobody believes anything you say because if uh, if ISIS came up with their, <laughs> you know. <laughs> came up with the streaming, sur- sur- stream- You'd streaming service. You'd all sign out. you call you, your agent. Your right? agent would be on the horn with the red Yeah, so, yeah. So it's, uh, I, I think, uh, that's what I think about uh, what's her name, uh, not uh, not honoring the flag. Yeah, this, that just brought me up. A lot. I'm going to throw another little quick thing. We didn't even plan this one. Yeah. Um, today, today, Amazon CEO, the day we're recording, I should say, yep. Amazon CEO is Jeff Bezos. I don't know how to say his name. Bezos, He's actually yeah. flying to the like space in his own privately built rocket on his own privately built. And it's like these are the people that are telling us to like stay home, stay safe. <laughs> don't worry like, that you you know your that your uh, your business got shut down for the better part of a year. Like there's some government money coming. Like you'll be fine. Don't like, worry about it. The guy who owned Amazon space, buddy? is flying to space with the oldest man ever and the youngest man ever to go to space um, today, just for fun. Like, count, can count like who you're getting, your, who you're, who you're, whose team you're backing. Jeez, is basically what I'm saying. Well, his stock like went through the roof during during COVID, right? There, uh, if you look at all the richest people in the world, they all got richer during COVID. I, I I realize we're about to sound super conspiracy theorist, but really conspiracy theorists now are just really people who are good at spoilers because like they all come true <laughs> now. So it's like spoiler, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Uh, but like if you want to do some interesting research, research Amazon, Walmart, um, Exxon Mobile. There's a couple other companies that are, Facebook and there's another company that slips my mind. Just Google Google how much their stock is Google improved. Them? Yeah, because Google's probably up <laughs> you know, there. So yeah. You know what's funny? Google is the fifth company. Yeah. Go um, duck duck go. Um, just re- just do some research about how much their stocks have gone up during during COVID, yeah. and you'll see how much like. And I'm not saying they're the powers be- behind them. And I actually think you know capitalism's fine. Like I'm, I'm fine with companies making money. They're, that's their purpose you know what I mean but like it's one of those things where it's like well there is an interesting thing where it's like the companies who didn't get any shut shut down at all from the government because they fund a lot of the government yes, political parties the point came out way ahead whereas like your your dad's plumbing business that hasn't been able to work at all because you know he doesn't support a local politician because he doesn't actually have any money That's you know right. what I mean isn't allowed to work food on the table. Just yeah. do some research on that um, and then yeah. come back to us if you think that this is all really about your health so. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to throw one at you now. Um, so there's this uh, article uh, that uh, was put out on uh, through local. It was it, it's through a local um, uh, Toronto uh, website blog site. Anyway, uh, the the headline is way more young people in Ontario died from the effects of lockdowns than COVID itself. Uh, so this is uh, blogto.com backslash city backslash 202107. And then you can just Google that uh, that headline. Actually, if you just Google that headline, uh, way more young people uh, in Ontario died from effects of lockdown than of COVID itself. Or maybe I'll link this in the show notes. But here's the here's uh, com- some parts of it. And I, I say go read the article for yourself because all of this is hyperlinked. Mm-hmm. So you can click on when it says suicide attempts, you click on it and it goes to stats can and shows you the suicide attempts year over year. Same thing with eating disorders, domestic violence, overdoses, psychological crises, etc. So, um, so all of this is linked, so you can go in there and look at all of the actual statistics. But numbers continue to emerge to indicate just how devastating and deadly this pandemic has been on the public for reasons other than the virus itself, with the latest data from Stats Canada adding even more of a bleak picture of mental health and addiction struggles that, that residents have endured over the last 16 months. 
By all accounts, suicide attempts have skyrocketed amidst the loss of normal life activities, routines, jobs, and livelihoods, as has instances of eating disorders, domestic violence, child abuse, overdoses, and all sorts of psychological crises in general, especially among young people. Along with reports from hospitals and medical professionals are the StatScan's figures themselves that were released just this week, which quantify provisional deaths and excess mortalities that were unintended side effects of the health crisis. It is especially noteworthy that the numbers are only representative of overdoses, poisoning, and alcohol deaths, not suicides, murders, and other things that the agency says, quote, often require lengthy investigation and are thus not uh, yet included in these, th- in, in these stats. Also to be considered are the consequences of delayed surgeries and treatments or other health issues. And then it actually quotes a doctor who estimates, who estimates that in the next five years, and, and again, it, it links to his peer-reviewed medical article, he estimates that somewhere between 300 and 380,000 Canadians will die because of delayed or unfound um, health I- issues throughout the uh, hospital lockdowns. Now, that's- now, now, keep in mind that also happens, um, and over the last couple of weeks, Toronto, several months ago, London, uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, they've all taken down the field hospitals that were set up over a year ago for COVID, which none of them, not one of these field hospitals that were set up in Ontario, there's one, like I said, Ottawa, Toronto, Kitchener-Waterloo, and uh, London that I know of, um, not one of them saw a single COVID patient at all, at all, during that whole time. Um, while, while we sometimes observe, observe excess mortality that is considered with the number of deaths attributed to COVID-19, data reveal that indirect consequences of the pandemic are also having a significant impact on the number of excess deaths in Canada, particularly among among younger Canadians. The agency notes that though only 1,300 Canadians under the age of 65 died from COVID-19. Can I just pause there for a second? 1,300 Canadians under the age of 65 died from COVID-19. 1,300. That's less, that is actually less than die of the flu every year. FYI, in that in that age category, um, uh, there were approximately seven thousand five hundred and thirty-five more deaths among that age group than we could po- than what could reasonably be expected in a normal year. Thirteen hundred, seven thousand five hundred. Yeah, that's not crazy. It it is crazy. It's almost hard to like even like get your head wrapped around yeah. those numbers. Um, like fade. Opioid overdoses were up 320% uh, suicide attempts are up 410% domestic violence is up 315% uh, child abuse is up 290% like these, these these are just all the stats this is stats canada not crazy that that, that is that is and nobody's crazy. talking about it no, like nobody's reporting on this outside of these little <laughs> these little websites no it's cuz the it doesn't fit the narrative and i we got i got myself into trouble with a friend of ours on Facebook because I said about narrative and they were like, well, you're like all about the narrative. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fact is, is that these numbers don't back the narrative when you actually start to put the math into, into place about like, um, how much, how many people are dying from COVID. And like, again, we'll, I'll say it again, just so that we preference what we're saying. COVID is real. People yep. are dying there. Yep. It is it's a, a real, real virus. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I know I, I joke about it all the time. I think I had it. I think a lot of people in our church have had it and 
We didn't get sick enough to have to go to the hospital. You know what I mean? Like things like, like just things like that. Um, but I recognize there are people who were relatively healthy at one point, got COVID and, and passed away. It's just a small number when you compare it to the, the damage that's happening in our society. Right. Um, and this is like, it's, it's the problem is that you're playing, the government's playing a game of, of checkers, not chess. When I, when I look at it, just there's something in front of them and they're taking, and they're trying to fix this big thing right in front of them when they're not, when they're, and to do so they're ignoring all of the right. ramifications of everything that's happening. I think like, I, I think, I, I think of war analogies where it's like you, yeah, you, you, you bombed a base, but you blew up all the schools and then right. you pull out and you've yeah. ruined an entire culture. You, you used a nuke when you should have used a, a drone. <laughs> like he's like, it's a weird analogy. Yeah, to use, yeah. but like, no, I hear, I hear um, what you're saying though. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, the Canadian government is trying to smash an ant with a hammer and in doing so we destroyed our entire home. You know right. what I mean? And so like for, I, I would say for the last 10 years, the big movement in, in Canada has always been to like call out mental health, to improve, drop yeah, the suicide like, rates, drop, drop like bell. Let's talk day. Like, ex- you know, exactly. get the stigma off of mental health and let's get talking about it. It's a real thing and all that, all that stuff. And then it's like, it all just got thrown out, out the window with COVID. Exactly. The only, th- the only thing that, the only thing that was left alone during COVID. And again, it's because in Canada it's government regulated was the alcohol. And look, so beer stores were able to stay open. Yeah. Because cannabis too. Cannabis too. I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't even know that. I there's forget. One, I forget there's that one around the corner from my house that was packed every day. Still that's, is packed every day. Unbelievable for yeah. um, But like because those things are they big money, right? Like, yeah. and so it's like all the, for the people who are dependent on those things are dependent on. It. But like I think of like the business, the people who are like you know my business is counseling, and I counsel young men who have mental problems, PTSD, like um, who have had sexual abuse in the past, like and. I don't want to like stereotype everybody, but a lot of those, a lot of those things, those are the people who end up like in the situation where depression is a real thing and they, and they can get to those places without any help. And it doesn't like some of these people don't even need very much help. They just need a little. And we've denied it. We've denied it for so long that it's like, now we're, we're going to be battling a different pandemic and the pandemic is suicide. Um, 410%, I think you said increased suicide. I remember I read a stat about Thunder Bay where it was like, there's more people who committed suicide in Thunder Bay then died from COVID yeah. from COVID. And it's like, well, suicide is the, is the actual pandemic in a lot of our, in a lot of our play in a lot of our places. I think of like, you know, the, the reserves and like a lot of the native land that we have, have in Canada that are like Trudeau's doing all these things about like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta love the, our, our native brothers and sisters. Well, they don't have fresh drinking water on their, on their reserves. How about we fix that problem? You know right. what I mean? Like, and you actually save more lives than all of the the you know police power and everything that's been just keeping pastors like me, you know, from or like holding a church service. Yeah. And that and that's not and like all that's not even to like that's all just attempts and stuff like that. What what is the actual damage of like you know you mentioned three hundred eighty thousand surgeries? I somebody told me there's four year backup now in our hospitals to yeah. book cancer like Screening basically and stuff. Yeah, and it's just like okay, well, like four years. Um, I've had a few fa- family members die of cancer. You don't get four years to like no. f- fight this thing. Bef- if you need surgery, you need it. And yeah. it happens like if you don't get it. Well, we know cancer kills people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the thing that the, the biggest thing that stops cancer from killing people is early detection and, and measures in a measure way. And, and what you've done is, is for now 18 months, you've made healthy people afraid to go to the hospital. Yeah. Right. Like, 
it, it's funny, like, so, you know, our kids kept being kids throughout all of this, and which means that they fell just as much as they normally did, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. So we took our kids to the hospital just as much as we did prior. And, uh, and so, um, uh, when, what was it, what was it for? Oh, uh, Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Harper, she broke her foot. So my, my two year old was on a, um, uh, bunk bed and she jumped off the top because that's what two year olds do. She broke her foot. So I took her into the hospital. We were in and out of the hospital in like an hour and a half with a broken foot x-ray, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, Cause nobody was there. <laughs> Cause nobody was there. But that's the point is, and I was talking to the doctor at the time and I said like, wow, this is actually pretty great for us because normally I would have been here for four and a half hours. And he said to me, he looked right at me and he said, and so this is a child child doctor at the ER in the, at the local hospital. He said, the problem is how many of them should be coming in and didn't. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's his whole point is you have, you have parents who are like, I'm not taking my kid in for that because, you know, they'll get COVID at the hospital. Never mind the fact that no children are dying of COVID, but I'm still, I'm not going to take them to the hospital because, you know, that's where COVID lives. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a big problem. It's, it's going to be a huge problem. It's a, it's a, it's a huge problem. And it's like the, the thing that, the thing that I think, I think the thing that irritates me, like the numbers are staggering and it like, and it like makes me almost feel ill in my stomach to hear all those numbers about the amount of people. But like, truth is like, I don't, I don't specifically know anybody who try, has tried to commit suicide recently, like that I know of, you know right. what I mean? Like, so like it's a detached thing where I'm like, but the thing that's not, that's not detached for me is the fact that like, um, the Bible, the Bible tells us not to bear, bear false witness. And right. so for all of like the people, and I realized the church, the church has probably been the best in my opinion of calling out the, the like inconsistencies, all the stuff you mentioned earlier about the, the, um, conservative Christians are the ones not getting the vaccine yeah. vaccine. And like, we're, we're really on the cutting edge of like, no, these numbers need like, let's share all this other data. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think that's the thing that's like sitting so heavy on me is that like the Bible tells us not to call fault to bear false witness, but yet everybody around us right now is bearing false witness. Yeah. And like, all I, all I want to do is get everybody to wake up and just like, don't, I'm not, I'm not the one coming up with the research stats, Canada. Yeah. Like that, that like, whole article, just this, stats exactly. This isn't, this isn't, um, the church of God coming up with like, uh, a, like a, uh, like a stats thing. It's the, it's stats Canada. The world health organization has similar type things. This is the people that we've been listening to all these time for vaccines and all this. This is their other stat statistics. Then just weigh the costs. Would you rather get the virus that that ninety nine point seven percent of people survive? Those are just even the people who develop symptoms, right? Or do you want to continue to risk basically our young people, our fu our future? Like, what's it going to be like in two years when all, when all these people are now off their meds because they can't get them? Because it's been like it's going to be insane. Like yeah. we think we're over. We th we think we're coming out of this. We're we're entering into the darker part. I mean, because like aftermath of a war, like truth is the hardest part of a war isn't the battle. It's the aftermath, right? Like it's the, right. how do you rebuild society? There's a Charlie Wilson's war. You've probably seen the movie, but yeah. there's a great line in that movie. He's like, we did the right thing, but then we dropped the ball at the end game. And what happened? Well, 30 years later, we're at war with Afghanistan because the Taliban has taken over. And it's like, because we didn't follow through, because America didn't do the thing that was needed to pick up the pieces, 
we ended up in a way worse situation than we were were when then we were in and I, th- I feel like that's kind of what we're entering and I think that's where the church needs to be the ones that step up and and do what needs to be done because we're entering into a place where now we don't know what the next two years are going to be like when people can't get surgeries and they know they're going to die from right. what they're getting like it's going to be crazy it is yeah you're absolutely right um, there's a couple other quick uh, uh, news items that we wanted to um, jump through. So uh, this one would be super quick. But did you hear about um, JCCF, who, um, by the way, is the uh, um, uh, law firm that's defending me <laughs> and, and several of our friends who, uh, uh, so they're defending the churches. Uh, this is a CBC article, so you know it's going to be good and unbiased. <laughs> Yes. C- CBC is like our CNN. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so uh, so this is what happened. So uh, president of a group representing multiple churches across the country fighting COVID-19 public health orders in court is taking indefinite an indefinite leave after admitting he hired a private investigator to follow both a judge and presiding over the case in Manitoba and some senior government officials. The board of the Alberta-based Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, that's who's defending me as well, um, said Tuesday morning that the group's founder and president, Calgary-based lawyer John Carpe, uh, was taking an indefinite leave effective immediately. Surveilling public officials is not what we do. We condemn what was done without reservation, the board said in a release, apologizing to T- Chief Justice Glenn Joyle of the Manitoba Court of, Queen- of the Queen's Bench. Quote, for the alarm, disturbance, and the violation of privacy. All such activity has ceased and will not reoccur in the future. So basically what happened was um, in their uh, constitutional challenge, right, uh, uh, challenging the constitutionality of the lockdowns in uh, Calgary, uh, John Carpe uh, hired a private investigator to try to see whether or not the judges and the government officials who are putting all these things together were breaking COVID policies themselves before the private investigators could collect any data. Uh, I guess it was uncovered or it was it was uh, it was exposed or whatever. And so he's actually taken a leave, and the justice center is kind of throwing him under the bus and said, "We condemn that. We'll never do that again." Here's what I want to say. Nice. I don't think he did anything wrong. No, no, not at all. You're okay. You're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. fine with it. So I don't, I don't. Here's why I don't think he did anything wrong. Number one, welcome to my world. I've been watched, followed, harassed by the police for 18 months just for trying to uh, put our church open. Right? I've been told by police officers when I was in the park with my kids that we couldn't be there. Uh, we've been pulled over and asked where we were going by police officers. We've had people in our church who on their way home from church were pulled over at a ride program asking where they were coming from during stay-at-home orders. So the government has been surveilling, has been watching, has been um, trying to dig up dirt, has been actually using my taxpayers' money to spy on me throughout COVID. I think it's totally fine that he hired a private investigator to look to see whether or not the, the judges and the um, politicians were breaking uh, protocol because, and we've talked about this several times at Rebel, Rebel News, um, we know that they have been. Like, this is the whole point. Trudeau, Ford, Dr. Tam, all Jason Kenney, all these people have already been found to be breaking protocols, and they just apologize for it and then continue to lock us down and continue to send the police to ticket us when we're doing all that. So I don't think they did anything wrong. No, I don't think they did anything wrong. Have you ever seen the movie Fracture? Of course. So there's the there's that great line when, uh, what's the guy's name? Ryan Gosling and yep. confronts the Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins character, and he's like, um, here's the discovery. And he's like, you got it. You have a private investigator following me. And he's like, 
Yeah, of course. You have one following me. And he's like, you're not supposed to use them against me. He's like, you're not supposed to investigate me. And Anthony Hopkins, the defendant in this situation, is like, why? You're investigating me. Right. And it's like that whole idea of like, yeah, I have I have yeah. zero problems with this. Who watches the watchers? Exactly. The watchers like, say, right? That was my <laughs> yes. next slide. I'm like, who watches the watchers? And like, if you if you're if I don't know the ju- I can't remember the judge's name that you said yeah. you said if he wasn't breaking protocols, what does he have to hide? People, I have a Google Home. My my work if they're not listening anymore, but um, if like they gave me a Google Home and everybody's like, oh, don't put that in your house. They're always listening, and I'm like, I don't actually have anything to hide. If they want to hear me talk to my wife about Jesus all the time, like. Awesome, you know what I mean? It's not in our bedroom. Although it is in the room where we did illegal church several times. But I, I did unplug it for that actually. Yeah. Um, but like, there was like, uh, you just outed me about. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry about that. That's fine. Uh, please, That's fine. Yeah. my address is three eighty nine. No, just, um, but I mean, like, I didn't. I don't have a problem because I'm not hiding anything. Right. You know I mean, it's like one of those things where I'm like, okay, like if you want to investigate me, fine. You know what I mean? My the reason the the judge and all these people get upset about this is because, like you said, they've been breaking protocol the whole time. Exactly, that's they're, why they're not practicing what they what, what they've, they've preached. Yeah. We we have some friends I won't say who, but we have a, f- a couple pastor friends who got called out by their congregation for yeah. this when they're like telling everybody to stay home, follow the lockdowns, but then they're having family get-togethers well, and gatherings. Yeah, it's interesting. So one of the first things I heard from a a, a family that started coming to our church while we were open was one of the first things they said was, you know, I my pastor forgets that I have his family on social media, which means I see the posts that my pastor is willing to break these rules so that he can see his family during a holiday so that he gets his needs met, but not willing to break the rules so that my need for worship and fellowship get, gets met. And I'm like, oof. Like that's, that's exactly it. And that, and that's these politicians, the reason they're fine with these lockdown measures is not only, as you already pointed out, they're getting rich and richer and richer, but they don't apply to them. They apply to the peons, not to the peasants, not to the Kings. Um, the other, the other thing I would just say is just so that people don't accuse us of just kind of taking the, the conservative side on this is, um, Moses sent spies into the land of Canaan, right? Joshua and Caleb spied out the land, right? Like spying is not a bad thing when you are um, uh, on the side of righteousness, right? And I would just say Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms occupies a very lonely space in Canada fighting for the freedoms of Canadians right now. And they're one of the only places doing it, uh, along with ARPA and a few other small places, but it's, it's it's a pretty short list. And so... Yeah, use every tool in your toolbox to fight for freedom because you're on the right side. Yeah, I I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Joshua did it too. If you remember when Joshua actually went into the promised land, he sent spies again. That's right. So it's not like it's not like a one time event. This is a this is a practice. Right. Um, but I, I there's a line you use with your kids all the time that I actually think applies here, which is like you can you can do anything. You have freedom to do anything, but break my rules or God's rules. Right. And it's like <laughs> why? Because you have to honor your parents, and you have to. But before that, you have honor what the Bible says. So I was like. 100% use everything that you just descri- yeah. you're to fight for freedom but we can't we can't break we can't break God's law to do so right so as long as God's law allows us to do it have at it right right um all right I, I think we had a couple other items but maybe we'll save them Same. for another episode we'll um we uh we're the rebels, we're the re- <laughs> rebels. that's what's going on that's the glad one. to be back uh that's the vacation on yeah I'm just like we're back bye yeah see you next time <laughs> bye